Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. In today's show, we chat with Major League Fishing superstar Jordan Lee. Jordan talks about a crazy experience flying over to Lake Okeechobee, his days as a co-angler, and we pick our five must-have fall fishing setups. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, guys, it's an early Sunday morning before all the excitement starts in the fantasy football world, and uh, appreciate you guys coming on so early. It's actually my wife's birthday, so. Oh, happy birthday, Chantel. I'll tell her for sure. I'll tell her for sure. I'm sure she's not listening, so I'll have to personally tell her, but uh, uh, what's going on your way, guys? (laughs) Nick, you can go ahead and start, dude. You You want me to? Ready to go, man. You want me to start it off? Well, when you have a couple of cups of 2X caffeinated coffee, you're just ready to record early. So, good. but uh, doing good, man. You know, I record an early in the morning. I will not have a gruffy voice like our co host Rob, but I have to start with a shout out to um, Big Hi. Girl Hunter, who gave <laughs> us one of the best reviews. No, not one of the best review on Apple Podcasts. And uh, Rob, I'm sure you've been called many things in your life, and you probably deserved most of them, but you have now been labeled as sounding like a romance novel audiobook storyteller. So if the guiding, hunting, lifestyle, blogging, podcast career doesn't suit you, I'm sure Audible is looking for a new guy to read, you know, romance novels. I could see you as like a senator, right? Where like you have like the body chest up with like dribbling <laughs> abs and then like glowing hair. Nick. Dude, that's Rob, dude. He's a senator. Uh, uh, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, just Google it, and then you'll and then you'll smile and nod. Oh, he knows uh, what it is, I'm sure. <laughs> I don't have anything that good this week, man. I became friends with a, a sweet little Asian man, and on Monday, he neutered me and took me about five octaves higher in the choir. So uh, I'm uh, I'm 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 nursing it this week, man. You're just blowing Rob's mind this morning. Did you not know about this, Rob? No. Oh. Uh, Man, Rob, have you ever had the privilege of no more children in your future? Or did you just... Ah, yes. I yeah. And I, you. you know, in typical shoot-ready-aim, hurry-McMurray fashion, didn't do a ton of research and thought it was just kind of like an in-and-out deal. And, man, this week was one for the books. I've been I've been limping. Yeah, it's... Uh, my initial surgery went well. The initial week was fine. And then, like, I had a couple bouts where it was just like, painful a couple years later even so don't tell me that i thought i was surviving the worst of it because i had and i I, think you are for the normally but uh i just remember one i was on the columbia river in tri-cities washington and i just like hit the deck of my boat and just like just in pain it but whatever it would come and go so not a big deal but your wife probably had a voodoo doll and was poking you with a needle at that moment that's why you hit the deck that's exactly what it was this week has been something else. Monday was the day, and uh, Monday was just, I was done. Like, I had nothing nothing to offer anyone other than watching TV. And then I limped into the rest of the week. But uh, I, I'm just, my focus is forward knowing that more than likely there won't be any more human beings that I'm responsible for, and uh, that gets me through the dark moments. <laughs> That's How good. about hey, trick-or-treat? For- you guys trick-or-treat at all? We did at my neck of the woods, man. Fortunately, uh, everyone was kind of feeling up and spry, and my uh, my unit did well. And yeah, we had a good time. Did anyone trick or treat in your neighborhood, Josh? 
Yeah, it was uh, it was fairly busy, dude. We did. We got out early, just before it got too crazy and stuff. And uh, it was it was fun, man. The kids the kids really needed it. And um, you know, there were I'd say less. I'd say maybe less, but the people that were were out were definitely pretty enthusiastic about it. So it was. I mean, it was it was pretty fun. What's hilarious is our son is obsessed with Halloween stuff. Like I probably talked about this on the podcast, but he loves like pumpkins and ghosts and skeletons like he's just just all about it right now and so he we had a skeleton outfit for him and he's worn this outfit a couple times around the house and same thing just pumped up about it just on a random weekday you know you you pull it out and he puts it on and he's excited well all this builds up to halloween and it's time to actually go trick-or-treating and he absolutely refuses to wear a uh, costume. So, like, <laughs> it's, like, time to go trick-or-treating. Like, Emma's dressed up in a princess outfit, and she's, like, ready to go, being so sweet, so excited. And he's, like, losing his mind, refusing to wear. So, Chantel had, tries last year's costume, a baby shark. Nope. Uh, tries <laughs> Emma's costume from a couple years ago that fits him a ghost. Nope. So, like... He's, you know, we're about to just take him and put him in the stroller and have him be nothing. And I finally just forced the uh, shark costume onto him. It was the easiest one to put on. So I literally held him down and put him in the costume. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) he, he, as soon as we got out there, he had fun, dude. But man, it was, it was, it's hilarious. Like you just never know what to expect. Right. And he's been looking forward to it so much. And, uh, the minute before it's time to go, it's it's a no go in his mind. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a two year old. Love that. So I, I've got a funny story. My buddy Les, his neighbor. Uh, well, first of all, Les has an obsession with ordering fishing rods, right? So he's got all these rod tubes in his garage, and his neighbor is a little, I guess, rightfully so, but scared of the COVID. Doesn't want to get close to all these people trick or treating, right? So he sees these rod tubes and he says, Les, can I, can I get some of those? And so he gives them to him. The next day he comes home from work, Les does. And in this guy's driveway, he's got this chute built to run candy down. So it's something the Grinch would make from the built out of rod tubes and duct tape. So he can stand back, you know, six to 10 feet and shoot candy down the little tube to the kid's bag dude i thought he was going to be using it to like poke people away and be like no no six feet and then like no. hit him with a rod tube that'd be good too well yeah that would work also but i thought it was pretty classic that he was uh had it just the perfect height for a kid to hold the bag underneath it and so that's and hilarious you, see a kid you don't like put like a king size hershey in there and let it get some acceleration hit him right in the face right <laughs> That's not nice, Nick. Jeez. Well, there's like some <laughs> scary bad costumes out there, right? So some kids deserve a little force through uh, their rod. What would be a bad costume? One that that no one that that you put no effort into, Nick, or just a poor taste costume? Yeah, I'm. I don't know, man. I don't like the scary side of Halloween. I like the fun side of Halloween. I'm just a big old wimp, man. There's there's some darkness in Halloween, and I I just can't hang. I hear you. What's the last time you guys dressed up, Rob? It's been probably probably recently for Rob for sure. No, it was <laughs> probably ten years ago. We went to a party, and I cannot say what I went as. Oh, All right. yeah, it, nice. it was. People, was so. it a senator? Not a senator. <laughs> no. Okay. No. I uh, I I bought a poof emoji. You know how they have those inflatable costumes that oh, like that fill up awesome. with air, and they have a compressor. Yeah, and then sadly it ripped last year, so it was a big mess. But I didn't. 
That was not my game this year. I, I went as a ketchup packet. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't that good. It was like a shirt. Hey, dude, props to you for still putting the effort in. I'm sure your kids loved the uh, emoji. I, I, I remember you telling me they, they thought it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah I, had, I walked around with a roll of toilet paper. It was perfect. Josh, you yeah. ever dress up? It's been a long time. Yeah, I'm uh I'm definitely quite the party pooper, dude. And it's been a been a long time. This is this time of year, you know, I've got I've got more, you know, memories of times that I've like been kind of like the party pooper, like like being it's today's Chantel's birthday. It's the day after Halloween always and uh like I thought about it this morning when I woke up as we were coming out to do this. I'm thankful you guys were down to do this early because uh I remember like all of her birthdays that I've gone fishing and stuff. I remember one specifically that uh, we had a tournament at Apache Lake. I may have even been with Nick. I, I don't remember, but uh, I remember her saying, it's fine. Go ahead. You know, it's all good. You know, and um, after fishing all day and coming home and falling asleep at eight o'clock, it was definitely not fine. So uh, you can take uh, it easier this year. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, I didn't gonna... go so far as to buy some flowers or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we can make it into a good day. Uh, nice. Yesterday we went to that. Uh, we were talking about it, Nick. Uh, I, I want to bring the kids there and go with you and your kids. But we went to that Boyce Thompson Arboretum. Oh, nice. And uh, just just to scope it out, you know, for the folks that don't live in Arizona, it's kind of like a um, it's like a, a desert garden that slash hiking hiking trails you know it's it's a really cool spot actually it was honestly i think i preferred it over over going to a zoo or something like that you don't see a crazy amount of wildlife but you'll you'll see whatever's out there in the desert but just a just a beautiful spot neither of you guys have been there right no i've just driven by i always say i'm gonna go but um yeah it's uh yesterday was a great day too otherwise it's phenomenal so i'm sure it was perfect it really was. Yeah, it really was. I, I don't know, like, the total length of the of the trails, if you were to, to take all of them, but it, it would have to be at least a couple miles. It's a, and, and, of course, you know, there's, just depending on how, how fast it, you want to go, I guess, would be uh, the level of workout it is. We took it pretty easy, but um, it would be a cool little place to, to, hike, to take a hike, you know, uh, once a month or something like that, for sure. Yeah, that part of the Sonoran Desert is pretty cool. When you start gaining a little bit of elevation – um it, it's a much different experience than down here in the valley there's definitely a lot more wildlife going on and uh more what would it be flora different types of cactus plants stuff like that it's pretty cool yeah yeah for sure there's a uh there actually is at one point too there's a house like uh there's an old house called they call it the clevenger house and it's literally like an old rock and stucco house that was built in about 1900 into the side of a cliff and uh you know, tiny little thing, and, and it said that you know there was a family of five that had lived in it, in it, but pretty crazy to picture what it was like living back then in in a little house like that on the side of a cliff, man, pretty gnarly. Yeah, yeah their AC good... probably didn't work very good, did it? Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, yeah, they probably just had some natural coolness from the you know whatever being up on the side of that big rock, I guess. But have you ever like in all of your hiking, Rob? Do, do are there any like? super old buildings or, or you're hunting any super old buildings that you come across man yeah one of the coolest ones uh nick was involved in it really uh, yeah it's their indian reserve or indian runes is what they are um and this one i mean it is 
it's a giant building um and there's still it's just rocks basically stacked but there's one where there's actually still like a window opening and i somewhere i have a photo of nick on the other side of the window but think about it i mean they i mean for them to build structures that big we call it the casino because it's so darn big giant right? buildings like how big i mean for for what it is yeah i mean the thing like 800 be, square feet right rob yeah, I mean, it's, yeah it's pretty good size. size pretty good size and what's really funny is when you find those runes you usually find what we're looking for you usually find the whitetail because hmm. obviously those folks were around where the game was um you know were they whitetails back then around there i don't i'm assuming so but whatever i mean they just they lived where the food was, where the water was back then. Um, and, and we've found some really cool stuff out there. So there's a pretty sweet book called, um, the haunted Mesa. And it's a, like a fiction science, science fiction novel, uh, by Louis Lamore. You know, that guy, he's like the classic Western outdoor writer. He's from like the fifties. He wrote a bajillion books and most of them are like cowboys and Indians themes. It's the only one I've read by him, but check it out. I, that story you're talking about, Rob, I, uh, that whole book just reminds me of it to not give away the plot if anyone's going to read it. But this guy is building like he's an eccentric bajillionaire and he buys this land in the middle of nowhere on the Navajo res. And he's building this dream like house out of just like the surrounding environment. And he finds a Hogan, which is kind of like the same idea of these Indian ruins. And it ends up being haunted. And uh, it's a great book. And it's no a kidding, fast, man. Yeah, it's a fast read. It's only it's. It's only like 300 pages, but they're, it reads so fast that you'll knock it out in a weekend. And it's tight. It's a really good book. Interesting. Not to, be, not to be a bummer, but like um, we were up near that, that rune a couple years ago. And we're sitting there, and all of a sudden, like 30 side-by-sides, like Polaris Rangers and Polaris uh, Razors and whatnot, come up the road. It's like a it's a pretty common thing because it's a really rugged road, and you can, well, Nick brings trucks up there, but most people <laughs> won't bring a truck up there. Um, so they, you know, just do rides out there. The problem was is they all showed up, and I mean, I have no problem with them getting around that rune and looking at stuff, but they were throwing rocks from the runes in their, in their side by sides and taking them like that is like, it just makes me sick to see that happen. Cause it's terrible. Well, I mean, if that keeps happening in 20 years, our kids, kids won't be able to see it. And it's just sad. So with any luck, those rocks they took are haunted, like in the book. And then hopefully they'll just be <laughs> haunted for like the rest of their life until they bring right. it back. So it'll, right. it'll all work out in the end. Karma doesn't sleep. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure those rocks were super impressive to all the people they bragged about it too. Like, yeah, check just, this rock out, dude. I got it right. from a ruin. Right, which is ridiculous. So, <laughs> same color the red sandstone as everything else, every other rock on the ground yeah. they could have picked up. Yeah, but <laughs> we'll, that, you know, we'll be sitting on a hillside glassing with our tripods and binoculars when we're hunting whitetail, and you'll see like a wall just on top of a hillside, and it'll be an Indian ruin of some sort. So. They built some pretty cool stuff in some pretty cool areas. So. Yeah, that's cool. Pretty interesting to try to imagine what it was like back then, man. Um, well, right on. Yeah. Uh, as far as our listener uh, Q and A, we've got it. We've got one good question this week, uh, and, and I think we can handle this as a group. You know, I thought maybe we'd each answer it, but it might be easiest if we work together and come up with a group. But uh, he, uh, this comes from Lucas, and he's asking five. Five rods for fall fishing, if you could tie one bait on each rod. So um, 
you know, like Rob had hopped in my boat and fished last week. He had brought five rods. Nick, you've done it a bunch of times, dude. Um, let's let's come up with a, a lineup of five baits and rods for fall fishing. And uh, since we Buzz started bait. with you earlier, Nick, you yeah, well, Rob, st- okay, Rob started Buzzbait. Right? Yeah, I mean, how do you not? You have You're to take have a- the easy one. Yep. Sorry. And you, well, and you tie that throw it on, dude. Yeah, that's how I was going to. It depends too. on what I'm fishing. If I'm fishing uh, Roosevelt with heavy cover, you know, a lot of salt cedars, a lot of brush, I'll throw it on a, a medium heavy seven foot graphite rod, um, fast reel. Probably, I'm probably doing it wrong um, compared to a lot of you younger guys are going to throw it on braid, but I'll throw it on 20 pound mono. Um, if I'm fishing open water, let's say I'm fishing saguaro canyon apache lake mead uh you know where you're not dealing with a lot of brush i'll probably throw it on a seven foot glass rod and 20 pound fluorocarbon so no not fluorocarbon 20 pound mono so nice right on lighter action rod to give the fish a chance to get it in their mouth a little better is that the idea there swing on them if you have no brush to get in it's not a big deal if you got brush you probably want to move them a little quicker so that's my take on it that's How about right. you, Josh? What rod and reel are you going to throw a buzzbait on? You know, probably, depending on the size of the buzzbait, say it's a 3 8 ounce buzzbait, like pretty standard. I throw it on like a 7.3 medium heavy um, Abu rod, and I like to throw it on braid. You know, I definitely like to throw it on braid. If if the fish are in a funky mood and I am missing them here and there, sometimes I'll back it off to a medium action to to kind of counteract that braid, right? So, like, your setup, you're getting your stretch in your in your line with the mono, but uh, with with if you're throwing it on braid, you get no stretch there. So uh, you know you have to throw maybe a little bit softer tip with your rod. So it just kind of depends. I mean, if they're eating it really good, you can just get away with it. Just throw medium heavy with straight braid. But sometimes I'll back it off to a medium rod, still throw that braid, and um, you know I, I I love the braid for throwing around brush and stuff because. You know, you make a bad cast and, and you get it up in the brush and you just you just pull it straight out and you don't have to retie. You just keep keep fishing, keep fishing, keep fishing. You don't have to retie all day. Uh, that's what I love about the, the braid. It, it handles well, but at the same time, you know, that that stretch in the mono is going to give those fish an extra second to eat it. I remember one time specifically I was fishing with Rob, uh, Nick, and, uh, you know, we we'd each had like five blow ups and I think he had caught <laughs> – most or all of his fish and i had missed most or all of my fish that was one <laughs> example of when that mono was really helpful uh so it kind of depends on the day we actually and when we were out last week uh it was really weird you know did we missed how many we how many blow ups did we have in that first hour and how many fish did we actually catch on the buzzbait? i know we caught at least five on it because we had a limit early but yeah i, I personally had four blow ups before i caught one even with the mono, so it goes to show how topwater fishing can just be whacked sometimes. Yeah, it was just a, they were just hitting it weird. So, and, they, and I felt like they did that all day with, even with when we were flipping plastics, they were hitting it weird. They were just, but obviously we didn't catch a big bag and we were not on the right deal. So it just, you know, makes you wonder if the guys that were catching the quality fish, if they were, you know, hitting it weird too. So if it was just a thing, but who knows? Good question, man. What yeah. about uh, when they're eating it weird like that? Do you, you don't always throw a trailer hook behind a buzzbait, do you guys? 
I do most of the time, dude. Okay. I really do, unless I'm throwing like a toad on the back of it. That toad, you know, it can be really easy for the legs of that thing to get wrapped up in the trailer hook. And they make some buzz baits specific for the toad that have a really, really long shank on just the regular single hook. Uh, so, but but if it's just a skirt, I throw a, a trailer hook 99% of the time. How about okay. you, Rob? Not necessarily. I guess I'm just, it depends if I'm fishing open water. Absolutely. I'm going to throw a trailer hook, um, you know, brush. I just, I'd rather get it through the stuff and, you know, but again, that depends on how the fish are eating it too. If I miss a bunch of fish, I'll probably sit down and put a trailer hook on. So right on it. People have different opinions on that. Like, and I don't know, it'd be interesting to talk to James Elam about a buzz bait because he's like the best spinnerbait guy I know, mm. especially like a dirty water spinnerbait fisherman. And uh, he doesn't like to throw a trailer hook because he thinks the way the fish will eat that spinnerbait, he thinks they actually get a cleaner bite on it if they don't get stuck on that trailer hook before at first. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it, he, he feels like they can get it in their mouth and he can get a clean hook set on them and just bury that one hook better. So it depends mm-hmm. on, on what and where. I mean, if you're burning a spinnerbait in clear water 100 miles an hour and they come up and slash at it, a smallmouth, I think I'd rather have a trailer hook to try to snag that fish. But if you're slow rolling a, a big Colorado-bladed spinnerbait on the side of a dock and a five-pound largemouth engulfs it, makes sense to do it James way, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. I agree. So I don't know. How about how about the next one, Nick? You pick the next bait, dude. Yeah, cool. Since Rob started us out on the top of the water column, let's take it down to the bottom. I was thinking football jig. Interesting. That's cool. That's cool. Um, and yeah. So what uh, what what football jig are you tying on, dude? A big one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what. Maybe like a, start with a half ounce. Yeah. Yeah. Here, right? Like brown and purple, right? Green pumpkin. Perfect. That's cool, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's one of those baits that you could have tied on all year long, you know. And I, I, you know, football jigs, I don't throw them that much in the middle of the summer. I know you can totally catch fish on them. And hey, 10 years ago when football jigs were like relatively newer around the country and everyone was throwing them, like it was a total summertime deal. But now, like in the summertime, I reach for a 10 inch worm a lot more, or a drop shot. But yeah, now's about the time where I do tie that thing back on. I think I actually did. For the first time this fall, I tied one on on my guide trip the other day for my client. And, um, you know, we had some bites on it. How about a nine pounder? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm keeping it quiet, dude. I don't want too many people to know about that. (laughs) Just kidding. I like it, man. What else? Uh, All right. For me, I'm going to take a a small square bill, like a uh, 1.5 size square bill, something like a a square bull 1.5 from Berkeley. or a frit side, a small frit side five, uh, in a, a wider shad pattern. And, you know, I mean, a small one, a small one to the point where I'm going to throw it on a pretty light, light and limber rod just to be able to cast that little bait far and accurately. Like I actually would probably even throw it on a, uh, like a six ten medium light bait cast rod with like 10 pound test, just a real limber light rod to be able to kind of whip that tiny little crankbait, um, up in the shallows. But like, you know, a lot of times by going to that, that, that small bait this time of year, you can just generate a lot of bites. You guys ever do that? Yeah. I mean, that's like something you'd fish in the back of a Creek or a back of a cove, right? Where those fish are, have the shed totally. pushed up and yeah, definitely makes totally. sense for sure. Got, gotta have that. And that's countrywide, man. I mean, that's yep. uh, fishing, 
fishing out here in Arizona, fishing the Arkansas River in Oklahoma, fishing. I mean, yeah, you just it's that classic fall pattern where you just get get in the back of a creek and uh, look getting get in a creek with bait fish and and crank that thing around. Dirty water, clear water, it just it just gets bit. Yeah. Hey, I don't mean to go backwards, but what rod and reel are you throwing that football jig on, Josh? Uh, I I totally missed it. Uh, probably seven three heavy for me, man. Seven three heavy with fifteen pound fluoro. How about you guys? Yeah, fifteen pound fluoro is like. I mean, I wouldn't throw a football jig on anything else, in my opinion. And a heavy action, fast reel. So same setup. Um, when I look at a football jig, though, I, to me it's completely different than it is to you. To me, it's a hula grub on a football jig, right? <clears throat> That's cool. Just on a jig head. Where I mean, we we fish side by side quite often, and you're throwing a um, a rubber jig or rubber like a what would you call that? Sk- so, yeah, just a, a regular skirted, skirted jig. football jig. Yep, yep. Right, and I'm throwing just like a hula grub on there, and it's I don't know when that changed and what you know, but in Arizona specifically, like the originally it was the Garland jig, right? You had the little tube skirt and the twin tail. Yep, and then yep. Yamamoto's came out with the hula grub, and they welded the little little teeny octopus-looking skirt <laughs> onto the double tail, right? Uh-huh. And in Arizona, that's what a what a football jig is, but countrywide, it's more of a skirted jig with a trailer. So, just I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Like an older guy w- in Arizona would think of what I'm talking about, and the younger guys are doing a skirted jig, which I don't think either one of them are wrong. I feel like maybe the hula grub might get a few more bites because it's not as intimidating. Sure. But just my take on that's you know. interesting. Yeah, the profile is a lot smaller on that thing than, a, right. than an actual skirted jig, you know. So yep. uh, I don't know, Nick. When, were you specifying one way or the other when you brought that up, dude? Which one? Which one were you? And who's gonna win here in the battle of football jigs, Josh or yeah. Rob? Well, I plead the fifth. That's how I keep a healthy friendship going. I just I just fold <laughs> like a warm tortilla. No, Rob actually taught me in the very beginning, though, that the OG hula grub, man, that uh, I had zero confidence in anything like that. And I remember one day going to Sawar after him tying one on and telling me what to do and proceeded to have like the morning of my life. And I even had like a silver non-painted jig head. I mean, it was like the most atrocious looking thing it felt like and thumped him. So. Yeah, it's silver non-painted. I mean, that's the rule that's, of thumb a, for me. It's got to go. <laughs> but the key is, is like, the key is that like they have to be in your tackle box for like six months and get all roughed up looking, right? Good patina on them. Not yeah. too much shine on that. No, you don't head. want that shine on there. You want the that dull lead look, right? Hammered Speaking finish. of lead, a rust on the hooks. Nick, can you believe I, I just get roasted because I use lead? Uh, so I mean, Josh and I just, went fishing. He grabs my rods off the boat and hands them to me, and he's like, "Dude, look at that Carolina rig weight. It's a three-quarter <laughs> ounce bullet weight lead. It's an inch long. Dude, <laughs> so, it was the wildest thing I've ever seen in my life." So he takes a photo of it, sends it to Brett Height, and goes, "Who have I been fishing with today?" Brett comes back with Rob immediately. Fifteen like he, seconds, right? Because three Brett just, three dots popped up. <laughs> yeah, Brett just roasts me about using lead versus tungsten, but. And then you outfish Josh, though, right? That's the end of the story. Not necessarily, but I just had, think it's funny. Dude. You had the kicker in the the bag. If there's one guy that has high end everything, as far as like, I mean, pretty much everything, but like everything. in his tackle, Brett is like everything he's got was like is is this this 
beautiful Japanese, perfect, you know, like super handcrafted, detailed, everything. Like he was even like he was even busting Rob Swivel. You know, because Rob had just a regular brass or a regular uh, uh, metal uh, barrel swivel, you know. And uh, Rob's like, yeah, Brett's probably got a a dang $17 swivel that he throws on his Carolina rigs. Uh, (laughs) Hilarious. Pretty funny. Sorry, I got off on a tangent, but I had to bring that up. That's the kind of tangents I need. Yeah, I, I figured Josh is pretty sadistic, so you you probably took it pretty hard when he saw your gear. Uh, <laughs> so it was funny, dude. But yeah, uh, he caught fish on that thing. So uh, okay, so there's three rods right there. We need two more. And um, I got an on. idea. What uh, and it kind of builds off of what you just said, Josh. But one of them too is is like a. a a small swim bait, right? Like I was thinking like a skinny dipper. I don't know if that's countrywide because I'm kind of a local boy, but that uh, that's definitely a big deal here, right? I like it. I, we've got to officially make this Berkeley podcast so I, we can stop hearing all these. Well, you are Josh Berkeley, right? Didn't you change your name? Bertrand <laughs> it's, it's to Berkeley? It's a grass pig, bro, not a skinny dipper. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I'm with you 100% on the swim bait, dude. It's a, it's a great call. Uh, it's a great call. You know, it's a last week we were fishing some fish that were chasing bait on the surface and uh we were throwing a small swim bait into them and uh you know i'll, I'll take that uh, uh, i'll take that and um my version of probably what that would be would be like uh be a small swim bait on an underspin you know especially as you roll into the winter even more you could go either way like it, seriously i mean i had both tied on this past week so let's let's make this our our final two rods i guess we'll just say the the regular small swim bait on like a ball head or something like that or a, a weedless a weedless hook depending on how much you're throwing it around cover and then uh then an underspin I'll, I'll take an underspin i think they should all be one rod because we what need you, one we need one more one more uh, rod okay all right. a spoon okay. rod a spoon all right that's a good call a really good so, call yeah all right, so sorry, I didn't mean. Who to doesn't love but... a good spoon with their bros in the boat on a chilly fall day? Too, right? I mean, it just the right thing to. I don't blame you at all, Rob. You got to include that one. I mean, you're not it's having terrible. fun if you don't bring that. Hey, do you guys? So you could throw a flutter spoon or a jigging spoon. I think you're talking jigging spoon. That's what I'd go yeah. for too. Uh, do you guys? Are you guys like me, where you throw a jigging a jigging spoon on a spinning rod? Y- you know what? Prior to guiding. I never would have even thought of it. Um, after guiding, my whole I I throw a lot well, of stuff on a, on a spinning rod. It's really amazing what you can throw on. on a spinning rod. Yeah, <laughs> sure. And it just it's um, you know when I was fishing tournaments a lot, I had probably three spinning rods in my boat. Now I've got you know ten of them, if not a dozen. And so you end up when you go fun fishing, you just grab what's rigged up, and then you're, you're like, hey, this actually works pretty good. So. Uh, yeah, definitely a smaller spoon I would put on a spinning rod for sure. So right on. bigger, I love, bigger, bigger stuff on a bait caster. That's cool. You, I, I love getting into them with that and uh, being able to just open the bale and that bait rockets to the bottom, right? Like instead of having to peel line off of your bait caster, like when you're on fish with that spoon, it's fish after fish. And uh, what also I also like about it is. A spoon's gonna you're gonna use a swivel but it's still gonna try to twist your lineup right and uh you know being able to use a, a spinning rod with really light braid really takes that line twist out of the equation which is which is sweet so like a spinning rod uh, medium or medium heavy with 
light braid to a fluorocarbon leader. And then uh, in that case, you do want to use a good quality ball bearing swivel and uh, try to keep that, that line twist out. $17 swivel. And <laughs> another thing is too, you know, in the fall, especially early fall, you might be spooning deep. Um, and all of a sudden you see some fish blow up on the surface and with a spinning rod and a half ounce spoon or a three eight spoon, you can rocket that thing. It's yeah, so right I mean, back at the tip of your rod in like one second. That, and you can cast it an absolute mile. So no, you know, just a thought. So it's a good yeah. point, dude. Really yeah, not to point. jump over this, not to jump over the swim bait deal, but what are you throwing your swim baits on? What do you, are you throwing, are you throwing all those on the same or do we need to have a sixth rod for a, well, for underspin yeah you know uh, you could uh, you could probably do either one right i mean a spinning rod is gonna be more versatile because you can do it all but i really do like to throw an underspin on a on a on a bait cast rod i throw it on like a uh, like a seven foot medium with 10 pound test and i go with the medium this is something i got from casey ashley a lot of people throw it on a medium heavy but if you're throwing 10 pound test like i don't know you guys are probably like me if you threw it on 10 pound test how I break the line on hook sets. Just, just you know, one eats it close to the boat, and if you've got a medium heavy rod, you just swing too hard and break the line. So that throwing a medium instead of a medium heavy for me just keeps me from breaking the line. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Rod action is so important, and people overlook it Overlooked. so much. It's unbelievable. It's yeah. almost like it seems like it's so subtle that it wouldn't factor into the equation, but like the total contrary. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's all got to go together. You know, your line, your rod, and your reel, it all has to blend together. And if one of them is off balance, like you're still going to go out there and get bit, but like the fish you put in the boat, that's, it's just going to affect your, your landing percentage for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Agree. Right on. Uh, well, Hey, that was cool. That was fun. Um, Great question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he was the MVP with that question. We kind of went all over the place with it, and I'm sure there's tons of people at home saying, "You idiots, you forgot this bait and that." I mean, hey, that's just uh, it's totally up to you. But hey, that's our setup, and if 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 we go out next time and don't get bit on one of those baits, we'll replace it with something else. But I guarantee, if you took those five rods out, you'll get bit on one of them. That's for sure. In the reality of it, we'd be into like a dozen rods before we were really done. So <laughs> yeah, that's fall junk fishing, right? Yeah. yeah, probably so. We're cutting off half those baits an hour into the day. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, right on. Well, hey, uh, we have not teased it quite yet, but we've got a pretty cool interview coming up. We've got uh, Jordan Lee. Um, I'm sure pretty much everyone's heard of him. He's won two classics. He won the Angler of the Year on the uh, MLF Bass Pro Tour this year. Uh, and just an awesome dude. I've been, I've been buds with him for six or seven years since, uh, you know, we both kind of got on tour around the same time and uh you guys looking forward to talking to him absolutely He's, i've never uh, heard of this guy i don't know who you're talking about i'll have to google him <laughs> real quick <laughs> give him a google and uh hope you guys uh, enjoy this interview <laughs> is, it, is it really no it's uh <laughs> i didn't realize that uh you guys were rolling back an hour today so uh like We've been uh, we've been hanging out for for a while after after we already decided 8 a.m. I was like, oh, it's a daylight savings, man. So yeah, I was wondering if you knew or had that figured out. Arizonans have such a complex. We never adjust our clock. We're just like so arrogant. We think everyone else can move around us. That's one of the beauties of living in Arizona. You never touch your clock. Everyone else does. No kidding. Yeah, I think hey, we're the so, only yeah. state. 
Did you roll, I mean, you roll back an hour, Jordan? So, like, you get an extra hour of sleep or an hour less of sleep? Yeah, you get an extra hour of sleep. So it gets it gets dark an hour earlier and it gets daylight an hour. What is that? Hour later? It's I too scientific for me. I don't know. And it's too early. Yeah, to so it gets dark now. At like it gets dark now. Like at five thirty, and gets daylight at like uh, I don't know. 5.30 or so, something like that. That's early, dude. Yeah. Golly, well, hey, you know, dude, there's a, a and I, I encourage the listeners to look this up because it's pretty interesting. I had heard that, like, on not this, not when you roll back, but when you move forward an hour for daylight savings times, uh, apparently, like, car crashes, heart attacks, all kinds of crazy stuff like that is up by like a significant percentage because that hour less of sleep that people get uh-huh. like on the way into work, like car crashes are yeah. up like 50% or something on that day. I believe it. That's crazy. Getting your sleep's important. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think I, that's why you, that's why you just live in Arizona and don't worry about it. That's right. Come join us, man. All of California is. So Jordan, yeah, what are you up to now, dude? California. Like, uh, what are you what are you doing during the off season? What are you doing this week? Well, this week I'm at my parents' house. So I'm actually when y'all called, I was in a horse stable. So my parent, my mom has three horses, three show horses. So like pretty pretty expensive horses that are like they're not like in a pasture. They're like in a pretty big barn. And so they're like, you have to like pretty much baby. And my mom and my dad are out of town. And so my wife has a horse here too. So there's four, four of them. And they're like big, I mean, babies basically. And you have to clean up their stalls and you got to take them out. And Kristen rides out here. So we're out here and I'm helping her out here. Um, So that's what I'm doing this week until like Tuesday and then I'm going to uh Wyoming with old Alton Jones Jr. going to uh Jackson Hall for a couple of days. No uh, kidding. So that's what for, I'm up to for right what, now. dude? Just to hang out. No kidding. Just to hang out. Me me, me him and our wives. Yeah. He is a cool so dude, isn't he? He is hilarious. Yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, we've kind of became friends last couple of years and so we just kind of did it on a limb um but besides that been fishing a little bit uh not a lot just a little bit here and there and that's about it man just you know enjoying being around here what about you uh you know dude we're just kind of doing the same thing trying to stay busy i uh i wish i was going to uh wyoming next week i'm going to florida to fish that next cup um oh gosh yeah yeah it's 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 cool to be going to fish the tournament but uh just that the traveling to florida for the third time in the last six months i'm like dang <laughs> dude give me a break on the on the travel but uh yeah that's that's a long trip it really is uh are you guys flying to wyoming yeah we are right on nick how far were you from jackson hole dude I was super close, man. I was like 70 miles from there. You'll, <clears throat> excuse me, you'll have a good time. It, uh, it, uh, I'm trying to think of, I mean, this wouldn't make any sense to you, but it's kind of like the Sedona of Wyoming. Everything is kind of like got a little bit of an artsy flair to it. And, uh, the scenery is something else, man. The Tetons are, 
The Tetons are impressive, and That's I think it'll I'm be real cold. Yeah, you know, it's kind of odd. The the the, uh, the weather was like super cold, and then it snowed, and then it's supposed to actually be decent, I think, what they're calling for. You yeah. know, like 30s, low 30s, low, and highs like 50, so I don't think it's going to be that bad. That's huh? what it says anyways. Any any tips for him, Nick? Anything he should hit before uh, he leaves there? Oh, man. So it's been a, quite a while since I was there, but I'm a little bit of a closet foodie, and uh, you will not go hungry in Jackson. Oh. There was a, a restaurant. So the square is like the main part of downtown, and uh, there's a little – I don't know if it's still there, but there was a restaurant called the Bunnery, and the Bunnery was like definitely Bunnery. a breakfast spot. I that. Yeah, dude, they baked – all their own like the name implies breads and stuff and uh, yeah the bunnery was good there was a mexican joint next to that too i can't remember it was like the it was a pig theme strangely it, i don't know why there's no authentic mexican food in wyoming they all have weird names but you won't go wrong with that one either if it's still there that's cool yeah i'm a little foodie too. i like some i appreciate good food so you'll do all right man hey so, so jordan when you guys are over there, dude, you and Alton can combine both your fantasy football teams, and then maybe if you <laughs> merge, you'll have one halfway decent team. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's brutal. It's my first year playing, and I'm just absolutely tanked. Uh, you can't win everything, Jordan. I mean, apparently you win everything fishing-related, so at least you can be human when it comes to fantasy. I was sure he was just going to come in and draft, like, the luckiest, best team ever, you know, right off the bat. I did the complete opposite. I, I did the complete opposite. You know, the players are supposed to be juice or bust. Everything is a bust for me, and it still is. Who was your number one pick? Who, who did you pick first? Lamar was my number one pick. Oh, yeah, that I, hurts. I didn't have him start. I only have him starting. Um, basically, every and then I think number two was Josh Jacobs, and he hadn't he hadn't uh, done well at all. Uh, That's surprising. I picked up. Yeah, basically, everybody I drafted has just had a down year. So, and yeah. so I, I kind of keep up with you know NFL a little bit. I might know some players. I know, but I don't keep up with it like James Elam or nothing. But you know, I know, I know a little bit. James is sick. Yeah, oh, for sure. He knows his players. He'll be like, you know, someone will pop on the screen, you know, you'll be watching a game, and he'll know exactly when he was drafted and, you know, all the guys in the system before and behind him. And, I mean, just, like, completely over the yeah. top. But it, yeah, it's funny it's how it works. Yeah, I, I had fun with the – did you uh, yeah. did did you grow up playing sports? I know like Matt was a big baseball player, dude. Uh, did you play baseball as well? And like, who's the better athlete out of you and Matt, man? Well, I played baseball growing up, like when I was real young. Played travel ball. Played up until I was tenth grade, and I started fishing a lot. And you know, it was in the spring, and I was like skipping practice to go to fish. I'm like, I don't know why I'm playing anymore. So. I quit that, and I played basketball through, you know, all through high school, too. But I didn't ever put a lot of time into it, you know. Matt, he put more time into baseball. And, uh, I mean, we were both, I mean, honestly, like, average at best. I mean, Matt was probably a better – he was a better baseball player. 
he put more time into it, but I just didn't put really enough time into anything. I was really more, you know, wanting to fish more. Gotcha. But, uh, but you know, when I was like, I don't know, when I was like middle school, I mean, I was a really, I was, I was a better than average athlete. And then in high school, I kind of, you know, didn't, didn't do as much. You had hit your peak already in eighth grade. I hit my peak. <laughs> and I was getting really good at basketball. Like, I was at my peak at basketball probably about 10th grade. And, like, I mean, I, I was I was getting, in my mind, you know, and I, I could start, you know, on the team and stuff. And then I pulled – something happened to my back. I pulled something, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I, and I just – I never – I never kind of recovered from that. I don't know. It just something weird, and I wasn't right. saying. I'd fall back but, to yeah, fishing. About it. <laughs> I'd fall back to fishing. Yeah, your plan B's worked out pretty well so far, dude. Like, so like starting at that point, then you know when you're in high school and you're starting to get super heavily involved in fishing. You know, we get asked all the time. I'm sure it's the most common question you probably get. Like, you know, what was your like? path like and what do you recommend for anglers that are wanting to get into tournament fishing now whether they're whether they're kids i guess or they're adults i mean we get this question just as much from adults like how do i get started in tournament fishing do you still like you suggest join a club you know what do you suggest for someone that's that's getting wants to just dip their toes yeah and you know i think the best thing what i did starting out like when i was just dipping my toes in i started fishing as a co-angler um and uh yeah i learned i learned a lot you know my first couple of years and then i fished some you know like back then they were ever starts as a co-angler i i just fished co i fished co-angler stuff before i was you know ready to jump over to a boater i didn't like just jump right into it um i fished some local stuff you know as a boater um on lakes that I knew or, or, you know, were close to. Um, so that's really the number one thing, is, you know, just doing that and picking up on a few things. And if you think you're ready, you know, think you fish with a boater that, you know, you fish all year and you may know a little bit more than you, you know, than you thought, then that's when it's, you're kind of ready to, to jump over in the front of the boat and give it a try. So that's, that's my, my opinion on it. Right on. Go. Do you, were you gonna say something, Nick? Yeah, I was gonna say that's actually kind of a that's a cool thought of like where that transition point comes, and you know, not to just everyone walk around with like a big old ego and be like, I know so much more than the guy in the front of the boat. Like he freaking sucks because that's an easy stance to yeah. take when you're on the back. But it does make sense, right? Like in my brief career, I did have one or two draws, especially like when we fished the opens. I'd be like, oh, dang it, like <laughs> yeah. 70 people I could oh yeah dang it (laughs) come on drop me someone in the top 10 here but you know that that makes sense dude that's kind of like a good time to start thinking it's it's your turn to run the trolling motor and you know let them back you down so when that's happening more often than not right like more often more often than not yeah jordan jordan did you did you fish a bunch of the high school stuff or did you just was that going when you were in high school? It wasn't. It wasn't going, and I, I fished like 
you know, like BFLs. Like I, I fished a little bit as a co-angler one year in those, and then I swapped over to boater uh, when I was still in high school. Yeah. And, uh, you know, started doing that. But the high school wasn't coming along yet. You know, it was still wasn't even a thought. So nobody in my high school really fished hardcore. Um, but now it's, man, I, I mean, I met some high school kids over at Georgia this past week. I was over there fishing a couple lakes and, uh, you know, I met, met a few kids. I mean, and they, they just know, gosh, they, I feel like they know as much as I do now. It's like, crazy. I feel huh? like I'm almost, yeah, I'm almost behind, um, <laughs> With how good they are. I mean, it's seriously, like, they just, they, 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 it kind of reminds me when I was their age, like, I just, you know, they, that's what they, uh, they love and, you know, they put a lot of their time into and it's, uh, it's just going to keep getting more competitive, you know, as the years go on, but there's just so many good fishermen now. Yeah, it I'm, is weird, Jordan. Like, I mean, we're starting to be at the age where, like, and we're still relatively young in the scope of tournament fishing, but a lot of those, like, a lot of the new guys that show up on tour and start kicking butt the first year or two, like, we we had met them when they were in high school, and, and now they're kind of, they're here, right? And that's just going to keep yeah. happening. That's that's what, what you were, too, you know? Like, uh, it's just wild to see, like, okay, well, this next generation's already here. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah, that that was one of my complaints. I mean, I'm almost 50 years old and I used to always look at at like basketball and baseball and how kids had a path to play, you know, if they had the abilities they could play on, right? And fishing never had that path. And mm-hmm. nowadays, I mean, if you can go through the high school, the college, that type of stuff and if you're good enough, you can make it. And mm-hmm. It just, you never had a path before, and now now these kids have, and it's pretty cool. Plus, with all the videos and the YouTube and that type of stuff is crazy. What That's they, what I was going to say. The internet just made everything better, in a yeah. sense, and like, sense. An access yeah. to information. <laughs> I'd yeah. say a large sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't hurt anything to, to, to find, you know, information you need still got to go out there and figure it out, and that's, Absolutely. you know, but they, 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 can, they can do that now, and and it's pretty impressive though i mean i'm starting to really see it around here just you know but uh but yeah it's it's pretty pretty cool to see how many how many actual kids are doing it now it, it's crazy the numbers in the high school events and stuff dude um it's it's nuts um yeah it's, it's nuts it's it's pretty pretty impressive but i mean some you know some of them don't you know they just like like to fish and some of them really are hardcore and you can see them you know you wouldn't you know that they'll probably be there one day uh, if they want to be so that is interesting how you do you do see that and it it does it does happen like you know some some kids are just are just kind of built for it and and they love it and they have that passion uh, back on, on the fishing front, like on your end, dude, how much fishing do you do during the middle of the winter? Like, it's kind of interesting because Alabama, the weather's up and down in the wintertime, and it can be completely nasty, and then you have a great week. So how much fishing do you do? Like, do you keep your boat all winter long and fish, or do you take a little bit of a break? Yeah, I fish I fish a pretty good bit in the wintertime. Uh, 
Smith Lake. It's it's not far from my house, and it's a really good wintertime lake. And uh, I really fish out there and catch spots all winter. Um, and I, you know, I don't go every day, but I'll I'll go. I try to go a couple times a week. Um, but the colder, the better out there. So, mm. you know, December, January, you know, that that's some some of my favorite time to fish favorite times to fish out there so you know i i get the boat out um and i go out there you know during the winter and play around and it's a lot of fun i mean you can you can really catch them in the winter but some lakes aren't really built for you know winter time fishing but that lake it is it's kind of similar to y'all's lakes back west and just the spots i mean they just they bite in the winter time so i you know i go pretty regularly do the spots like the sun or a cloudy day over there? Like, what's what's the ideal winter day to go whack them? They they just like they just like the cold. I mean, they they like when the water temp gets to where it is right now. The fishing right now is as good as it's been out there in years. I think because we've had a little cooler weather this fall, but um, <clears throat> they they typically you know the sun typically I, I like in the winter time. Um, but you know, I've had days out there where it's been cloudy, but it seems like the sun for those clear water spots, they, they, they definitely, they bite a little bit better. Um, you know, I, I think they can, they can see everything a little bit better and it just seems like, you know, those, those days when it's sunny, you can you can catch them but it you know it's early you know first half of the day but you know typically first three four five hours in the morning is the best why is that because the herring or is it a herring deal yeah it is i mean like the herring getting those pockets and stuff and the deep the deep ditches and um you know you can just catch them early they're they're in there early and then Typically, you know, eleven, twelve o'clock, it gets a little tough, but uh, but it's it, it's fun. It's fun to have a lake. And it doesn't get a lot of pressure either, you know. And if it gets real, if we get a big rain on that lake, there's so many creeks that flow in it, and uh, you know, when it gets muddy out there, the fit, you can run to that muddier water and catch them really good too. So you got some options, and that's fun too. So you're not always just doing one thing, you know. You do have options on that lake. Go ahead, Nick. All right, man. So I'm going to ask you this, Jordan. You've you've had just like a crazy amount of success in your, your career. And, I mean, it's come with such an avalanche. Is there one moment in particular that just stands out as like the, the picturesque, like hallmark moment? Or has it just been like a, a wave of collage of just good times? Is there one that stands out as just like the moment? Yeah, I mean it's it's been a you know I mean I can I can think back on a few events that's but probably the the first classic you know for me that the last day was probably the it'll probably be the best day of fishing and the and the most memorable day um at like at Conroe that was probably the the coolest day of fishing uh, that I could ever you could ever even dream up really. Um, was being it just, 14 
Yeah, just it just all coming together and feeling it coming he together. He came out of nowhere, man. Yeah. He was like he came out of absolutely nowhere. It was it was crazy. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. I mean, I, I was I think I was I don't know the exact number, but I was around fourteen pounds behind. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Right where you <laughs> wanted to trade. be. I mean, like the strategy was to just lull him to sleep, right? <laughs> I, not really. <laughs> I mean, all by plan. Yeah. It, it was. It was crazy because this this one particular spot I I pulled up in practice and I I in, I'm on just on this little point and I, I I struggled all practice didn't find anything and I catch a big one and uh, all of a sudden this tournament boat rolls up I guess they're in a different tournament and uh, this was one of the days in practice and. So, hey man, can we fish here? You know, and I'm like, sure. You know, have at it. I mean, I'm I'm not catching anything. I just caught, you know, like a a, a big one, but I wasn't really worried about it. And they flew out there on their first cast and caught one just after I'd caught one. And I was like, huh. I was like, well, that's interesting. They just they caught a pretty good fish, and I just caught one here. And I haven't got been, been anywhere else like this in the lake. And uh, but I, I couldn't ever duplicate it. And, uh, anyways, I struggled. I never got a bite off it the first day. The second day, I didn't have a fish at noon. And I roll up there and I catch four. And they're all big. And, but I'm still thinking I'm out of it. You know, and that last day, just, it was really tough on everybody else. And I limped there on the big motor. And I couldn't go anywhere else. And, you know, caught a big bag of fish. And, it was just crazy that how it came together. I mean, I, I wasn't supposed to win that tournament, you know, and it just happened. So that that was probably the most memorable day that, that I'll ever have, I'm sure. Did you probably couldn't sleep like for two or three days after that, right? The adrenaline and everything. No, I mean, just cloud nine, man. Yeah, I mean, I was just shot really for for three or four days after that. Um, but yeah, I was that was a special. That'll, that'll always be a special moment for sure. That's awesome. Nice. Nick, you said it right, dude. It was like, a, and it's been like an avalanche ever since then. Um, <laughs> dude, hey, Ow. before we let you go, I, I reached out to Lucas uh, uh, a little while back when I knew we were going to get you on, dude. I wanted just a silly story to need <laughs> some juice, to man. He'd have something good, him or your brother. And uh, oh, he's he got some. He's always got some good ones. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I, so I have to ask you, he said, ask about uh, this flyover, this plane we took to fly over Okeechobee. <laughs> All right, good. I hear a nervous chuckle. You're doing good, Josh. Keep it yeah, up. Let's hear it, dude. No, good. Yeah, so I've known Lucas for a little while now. I met him in college. and uh, But anyways, we're going down to Okeechobee to fish his Everstart. And we're, we were trying to, be, uh, trying to be a little sneaky, you know, we're like, man, how can we, you know, this lake changes all the time. I was like, we need to do like a flyover or something, you know. We can see the lake and, you know, bring our maps or whatever and, you know, try to, I mean, we were going over the top, you know, and it's whatever, a couple hundred bucks to do. And so I'm thinking, yeah, we're going to get this plane and kind of ease around. Everything's going to be good. Well, I, you know, we roll up to this little airport and, this plane's like, it's like a freaking one-seater. 
I mean, it's like <laughs> tiny. And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know about all this, but we cram in there, whatever. And me and him are, you know, we get up in the air. And the turbulence in this thing was like, I mean, it was falling like three or four foot at a time. And like, I'm just like panicked. I'm like, we're going to die over Okeechobee. I mean, this is, this is it. This is where, you know, it's all going to end for me. And Wearing your life jacket. Yeah, absolutely. The plane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have if I would have known. Because I'm like, this thing's going down. But we absolutely learned nothing. I didn't even, I just wanted, <laughs> as soon as we got up, I wanted to get down. Um, you learned you have didn't a terrible fear of heights. <laughs> it, it was just, I mean, I can fly, you know, on, a, on any plane, but this one was, it was no bueno. So me and him <laughs> vouched we never were going to do that again. Did I get that we didn't. Key and Peel skit where uh, the guy's sitting in as the uh, chopper pilot's uh, co-host as he talks about the traffic and he starts out all calm and by the end of a little bit of turbulence he's just like losing his mind like dropping profanity that's what it was like (laughs) that's what it was pretty much like so we were like yeah we're not doing this again because we're not gonna but it will it was kind of funny now now it is but it, it didn't help us one bit so if you ever think about doing that don't don't do it it doesn't help book a larger airplane yeah, book a larger plane or get an airboat, not an airplane. <laughs> an airboat's a sweet idea. I think, dude, flying over is, I think it's become illegal in a couple of circuits, but it's a good, it, dude, it's a great idea on a grass lake because it does change. You can't just look at Google Earth from three years ago and expect it to look like that still. It's well, a good no, idea. No, I mean, we were all in. I mean, we were like, okay, this is going to work. But the problem is when you get up in the air, you know, it all it just all looks the same. Like when you couldn't really, you weren't close enough to the water to really be able to tell. But, you know, it was a bust. It was about like my fantasy league, (laughs) my fantasy team, just a bust. That's funny. Well, hey dude, uh, speaking of like key and peel from Nick, are there any Netflix shows or anything you guys are watching right now that, that we need to check out during the off season or uh, is there any, any series you guys, you and uh, your wife get into? Man, I hadn't really got anything to and lately. I, I know I'm there for a little while. I watched several. I haven't watched any Netflix shows lately, but I don't know Ozark. I don't know if y'all checked that out. Oh, it's y'all the bomb. Ozark. I watched every one of them. I'm waiting on the new series. That's all I'm looking forward to. I don't know if they're even going to have it because they got word that they may not have a new series. Oh, no. Don't you ruin my weekend with that. But so you're just watching wasn't... Auburn football reruns until then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cajun Baby was talking a bunch of bunch of smack yesterday, you know, because we played LSU, and he asked, he he called me, he calls me the silver spoon, and, and he, he texts me and Matt, he, he texts me and Matt, he said, hey, silver spoon and daddy's money. He's like, are we going to be friends? He said, are we going to be friends after a after the game today and and we didn't even say it we i said oh yeah you know we're, we're, we'll be cool and about halfway through the game we were <laughs> we had about a 25 26 point lead and no kidding me me and matt yeah we ended up beating them like 48 to 3 Ooh. no kidding and so we just yeah. reigned we just reigned we reigned 
cliff yesterday. We let them have it. That's yeah. cool. They had so, so much. They had such a good team last year, dude. It's uh, it's good for them to get humbled a little bit this year. Uh, Cajun baby's getting humbled. He's eating that humble pie this morning. <laughs> <laughs> a big old glass of milk to wash it down. Yeah, wash it down. Get you some of that. <laughs> That's cool. Well, hey, uh, dude, we really appreciate you coming on, man. Do you guys have anything else for Jordan before he rolls? Just keep coming back, man. With you coming on, we might crest 500 downloads in our 50-some-odd episodes. So we need firepower like you, man. Hey, anytime. I, <laughs> I enjoy stuff like this, Josh. I, I mean, anytime you want to call me, I know we, we've tried to plan it a few times. It just didn't work out. But Oh, wait. I got we'll, something we'll definitely, for you. Hold on, hold on. I, I thought of something. So this is always my opportunity for something embarrassing about Josh. You got anything good for us, man? We always need some material on Josh. Did Josh do anything man, in your presence that we can just give him a hard time about? I wish I honestly did. I mean, I would I would let it all out on the podcast. Yeah, I know you would. I trust it, you. So it give would, it. But I, I don't have any I don't have any dirt on Josh. Josh is He's too know, clean, he's, man. I don't make any mistakes, he's guys. Clean. Dude, he's, he's like the most clean. politically correct. He's as clean as they come. God. It's tough. I mean, I'll I'll try to dig something. I'm going to challenge you that. And call us back. Wait till yeah, you guys hear about I, the dark life, the dark side. <laughs> I've been living on the on the other side forever. Yeah. <laughs> no I one know knows there, there's always dirt, but, you know, he's <laughs> definitely, he's got a good rap sheet. I mean, Dude, he's got a dice he, he vacuum. He just sucks up that dirt. I don't know where it goes, but we can't find he it. He does. That's his new. That's his new nickname. He's a Dyson. He He's Dyson. All up. <laughs> he sucks the small mouth up, and he just sucks all the dirt up with it. Sucks, dude. He's just, and then he tries to class his podcast up way too much, man. He's just, he's too clean. Straight the Dyson. That's hilarious. <laughs> all right, George. Thank you, man. Dude, it was awesome. Right. Yeah, have fun in Wyoming, yeah. man, and uh, yeah. stay in touch. I'll see you soon. I'm glad you're not fishing right. in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Well, me neither, because. I'll 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 let y'all pick pick it apart. I'm I'm done for a little while, so I'm gonna get a plane and fly yeah. over. Yeah, yeah. Have you learned anything? <laughs> yeah, fly over. It works. <laughs> awesome, dude. We'll talk right. to you soon, Jordan. Sounds good. See y'all. See you. Huge thanks to Jordan for coming on, and as always, huge thanks to all the listeners for tuning in every week, and uh, you know, keep the Q&A questions coming. We appreciate them big time, guys. Love answering them. Gives us great stuff to talk about, and uh, hope you all have a great week. Thank you.